Hello, hello. Welcome into Animan Plus, episode 105. I'm Alex Live with Sparky3. Hopefully you're having a phenomenal day today. Whether if you're watching this live alongside of us, uh, watching after the fact, or listening to this after the fact on one of the many audio platforms we're on, we appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, I got Zach here in studio. Zach, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm happy. We're back in a sort of trend, hopefully. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Holy shit. Who would have thought? Uh, unfortunately, I'll turn the mute down for just a moment. Uh, no Jacob with us here today. We just introduced him last week as one of the new hosts of this show. Um, that is still that is still the thing. He still hosts this show as well as a, over a, a terrible football show. He just unfortunately had a very terrible accident that happened. Uh, obviously, we wish him all the well. Get well soon. Hope, you know, he'll be back hopefully on the shows here in the next couple weeks, whether if it's this show or ATFS. I know for ATFS, we have the big draft special going on here in the near future. Uh, so definitely send him some good vibes. He could definitely use it. He's in good spirits and everything. So that's the main thing. Uh, everything's good. Nothing like, you know, life threatening. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But still, did have a little accident. Uh, he's got to get taken care of for himself. Uh, Jacob, we love you. Uh, can't wait to get you back on the show and but yeah we're ready to jump into some stuff though you know yeah. uh we got we get all the shows have kind of kicked off now um uh, that we've been kind of waiting for some new shows some uh shows we've been waiting for that stuff that we read uh that i'm very excited to chat about of course we have demon slayer kickoff and stuff you're still waiting on uh gundam witch uh from mercury which apparently started according to anime live chart but it's not on crunchyroll don't know what's going on there so he'll talk about it when he talks about it i guess who knows yeah pretty gonna... much because yeah you put that on then i went yeah it's not on crunchyroll yeah but the, no some good shows to chat about here today for sure uh if you could you check us out over at uh, agent inc check out our jerseys we'd appreciate that support as well as some rogue energy use our link down below pick some up try it out it's delicious we love it cannot recommend it enough uh, Rogue Energy, the cans, is now on Amazon with Amazon Prime Shipping. Woo. So you can also check it out there as well. It's a great place to check it out. Follow us over at Twitter. Uh, join the Discord, all that stuff. Uh, start turning down the music for, for good this time. Uh, and kind of start diving into stuff. Before we actually dive into stuff, Jake, uh, you have anything that you want to shout out? Anything we need to chat about before we get into stuff? I don't know. He's not here. Yeah, I know. I started to say Jacob. <laughs> I kind of cut myself <laughs> off pretty quick there. <laughs> Do you have anything that we want to shout out and chat about? Um... Crap, there was one thing, but I've forgotten it now. There was one thing I actually saw like this morning. Uh, I can't remember what it is now, so I guess it doesn't matter, but hey. Uh, I did see where Minato is getting his own um, his own short manga uh, that will be drawn and written by Kishimoto. Shout oh, out to that. nice. So basically, everyone of that family has had their own series now. You know, he's got his now coming up, Naruto, and then obviously Boruto's got his. So I guess shout out to that. Uh, also, shout out to the fact that the thing that I led the show off with last week, bitching. I'm so happy and pleased to see that all of that had a very quick turnaround and resolution. Like I like the fact that it got fixed so quickly was baffling to me. Heavenly Delusion immediately got fixed, got put on the correct site. Eden Zero got its fixed where it got put on Crunchyroll. Like I'm so impressed at the turnaround that was. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, it was pretty, pretty insane. Shout out to that for sure. Uh, I can't think of anything right. else. Right. The Naruto Top 99 came out. The results finally came out for that. Oh, yeah. You remember that yeah. thing? Yeah, I do. I do. For sure. For sure. Uh, we do have Becca in chat. Becca, how are you doing? Hey. Uh, yes, Jacob is okay. Um, you know, he just had a little accident that happened. Um, and, you know, he's in good spirits. Everything's good. Uh, he'll be back here hopefully in the next couple weeks. You know, yesterday, you know, last week was his introductory episode to Animan Plus. He's been one of the longtime boys over at uh, a terrible football show. One of my homies over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, he should be back here in the near future. Everything's good. Uh, don't worry about uh, missing any streams. We're just happy to see you here. Thanks for stopping by. You know, no worries. Life happens, you know. We got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, heck, Animan Plus on hiatus for like <laughs> six, yep. seven weeks. You know, it happens. It is what it is. But uh, we're here. We're doing it. Uh, so you, you feeling it? You ready to jump into some stuff? Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. So I will lead things off. Uh, so I was kind of thinking about like, you know, what to put for like our, you know, thumbnail and stuff like that. And obviously my first instinct was like, oh, just do Demon Slayer. You know, everyone's watching Demon Slayer. But <laughs> then I was just like, you know, no, let's do Heavenly Delusion because I really enjoyed the two episodes that I watched. And I, one thing that I've always enjoyed about Animan Plus is while we check out like these mainstream series, right? We have, we're more of a show that checks out more of these unknowns and underdogs more than we do the mainstreams. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that we've done a lot of. I mean, listen to last week's episode. 
exactly. Listen to last week's episode, like for real, like the shit that we chat about last week. No doubt about that. Uh, and Heavenly Delusion is one that is definitely on people's radar on anime live chart for the spring season on popularity. I think it's currently ranked on 17th. So it didn't even crack top 10. You know, didn't even crack top 15. So it's definitely on people's radar, but it's not super high yeah. on the radar. Uh, the general synopsis sounded pretty sweet. Uh, so I was definitely looking forward to check this one out. And going into it, I immediately like, so the base story is already like, okay, this is interesting enough for me to want to continue. But some of the things that just hooked me is how the series looks, like how the animation looks, right? Mm -hmm. And just the animation approach to certain things. Where it's just like, okay, that's kind of cool. That's unique. We don't see that very often. So in terms of the, the art style, you know, the thing I enjoyed about it, because it's like a, a fresh change of pace almost from what I usually watch or what we usually watch in general, is that it's a lot more more of a rounded and lighter toned animation style. More, I kind of relate to like almost like a Studio Ghibli sort of style, you know, where it's more of a, a rounded sense and a little bit lighter. It's not very hard and dark, like some, you know, in terms of just general coloring and the, the vibe of the area. So that I did enjoy about it quite a bit. Uh, you know, just a little change of pace for me. But the other thing that ca caught my eye in the, I think it was the second episode, where I actually had to pause and rewind. Like, hold on, hold on. What, 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 what the fuck was that? Did I see that right? And then there was another thing where it's like, you know, I was watching these kind of late at night. So I was, I was like half in, half out, you know? Okay. And there was something else that happened. I'm like, wait a minute. Has that been the entire episode? Hold on, go back, go back. So they do some very hard cuts where it's like screen goes straight to black and then it picks back up in the same in the same environment. It doesn't jump you from one, one environment to another. You're still in the same environment, but just to help set the tone and set the mood and the tension of where this scene in particular was, it'll cut straight to black and kind of pick back up. But the thing I noticed after like a few seconds, I'm like, wait a minute, this thing went widescreen. Like, you know, where the camera view is actually changing yeah. depending on the scenes. So it's like th throughout this sequence where it's a lot more tense, it go it's gone widescreen with the black bars on the top and bottom, whatever, and it's more focusing strictly very up close on the characters and while it's slowly building up the tension. And then when the big jump out kind of happens, it goes back to full screen. So I was like, I thought that was a really neat animation style that I don't personally see very often. I know it's used. I know it's done. But it's not there. It's not present for a lot of the stuff that I check out so i thought that was kind of cool that that was like all right i props applaud and it is uh i think it's a uh, production ig is who's doing it okay so they've got a record you know they're producers for attack on titan they've animated like psychopaths uh cork and a basket um uh ace of the diamond uh the list goes on no, hey no bleach they did no bleach shout out to that they did no bleach and no bleach awakening so shout hey. out to that yeah they've been around they've done some stuff so the production you know the animation value they have a large track record of a, one of the more notable studios out there and it definitely reflects in this show with just again with the uh, general art style and how fluid everything feels where it's almost it almost feels real you know, with how fluid that you know, all the characters move and everything. Now, the general vibe of the story, I mean, it's just a story that usually can grab me pretty easily. It's a pretty common story trend of like, okay, world got destroyed. We're picking up the pieces, but there's the big question of how the world got destroyed, what destroyed it. And, you know, it leaves you so many questions that you want to have answered and you want to explore because the way they've re referred to like the, the world being destroyed and falling apart, they just call it the collapse. Like that's just, that's all it's called flat out, you know, there, but we don't have any information on what the collapse was how did it happen when did it happen and i'm obviously i'm assuming these are all things that will be explored later and there's different like um almost like demonic creatures that's in this world too because like one of the first things that they encounter that uh that our two characters uh, kiriko and maru uh, our two main characters uh fight and kill is like uh this large like winged almost like a large bat demonic creature um, and that was a pretty interesting little sequence as well because the our two characters Kiriko and Maru they're staying in like a little inn with this uh, with this woman and she's like super nice super sweet and then whenever it comes nighttime she drugs them and you just see her walking around the house and stuff with a gun and it's almost to the sense where it's like this creature's out and about right and it gives you the sense that like she's almost there to protect them and make sure that they won't die to said creature yeah. right no it's the complete opposite she's feeding them. 
No, she's not feeding them. She's just trying to simply protect the creature. Oh. Like, like she's she she will fuck someone up if they try to kill the creature, because like as this as this kind of like transpires and you see our two characters like, oh yeah, we can kill it, we can kill it. She's like, no, don't. And then they kind of go separate ways for the time being while they're trying like Kiriko and and Mara are trying to kill it. Um, you know, whenever they come to a stalemate where they kind of got the creature down and kind of fucked up and they're about to kill it, she jumps in front of it and you know the woman from the from the end is just like, you know, this is my son, this is my son, and then they start talking about where this is a man eating creature and. Ate her son once upon a time, but it happened a long time ago. And since then, this creature hasn't hasn't killed her. So, like, she this woman's under this impression that her son's consciousness is in this creature. And even in this scene, you almost feel like the creature is actually her son because he's like kind of like cowering a little bit behind her and stuff like that. You know, like you almost get that sense. And it eats her. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. And it was so cool too, dude. Because like you know, she turns around and she's talking to like it's like she's looking at the screen, talking to our characters, and you just see the creature stand there. You see like a little whip come out and just, just slice her head off. Looks clean as shit. Then he just starts eating her, and the two characters are like, "Yeah, we're not surprised by this. <laughs> We've seen this a lot." <laughs> Um, there's a lot of different elements to it, man, because like when it comes to our characters, Maru, his main goal is to find this place called heaven. And throughout these two episodes, you get to see what heaven is. You're getting contrast, uh, 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 shots here from two different, uh, sets of characters from our main two and these other set in heaven where heaven, the only way I can think to describe it is I don't remember what it's called, but think of that. Um, well, actually you may not have, I don't know. Did you play Fallout 4? Not a lot. Do you know the area where our are the our main character's son actually is? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Think of that. Like okay. you know, where it's like underground, everything looks perfect and divine, you know, yeah. all like white and futuristic. That's basically heaven. That's what it looks like. Okay. So like, you know, you get different shots of like our characters in the above ground world, outside the dome, or outside of wherever heaven is. And, you know, go seeing how everything is destroyed and fucked up, like almost like a Last of Us vibe. Uh, and then you see the other side of where in heaven, where all these kids are being like, you know, raised by robots, essentially, uh, and everything is meant to be perfect. And there's another character in there uh, that looks just like Maru. And that's Maru's goal is he has no memories, but he knows he, he wants to get to heaven and he wants to find this other character, this other kid that looks just like him because he's like, you know, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Uh, which goes into the whole plot of the story where it's like, you know, to my understanding, humans are just being created. I don't know for sure. I could be horribly wrong on that. I have not read this series. I'm just kind of going in mostly blind, but that's kind of the general like, okay, that might be the thing. Who knows? But, you know, it, it, and it's also one thing that's interesting that I found about Heaven is that they weren't necessarily hiding what's out there because like this other Maru lookalike character, uh, Toiko, uh, Toiko is his name, um, you know, he asked one of the, the people at heaven, like, you know, what's out there? And she flat out, it's like an old woman in a wheelchair. She flat out just tells him, oh, yeah, it's fucked out there. Like, you don't, <laughs> don't want to go out there, bud. It is fucked. It is destroyed. It is terrible. You want nothing to do with it. So, and in, in our other character, Kiriko, her only goal is to basically be Maru's bodyguard and get him to where they're going. Uh, which that plot line will be further explored why she feels that way uh, because she has her own sub goals as well, which you got a little hint for it. When she talked to the innkeeper, she showed two photos of two guys. And it's like, have you ever had these two guys here? And she's like, what's their name? She's like, well, this guy's name is like Robin, whatever it was. And this guy's name. I don't know. They just call him the doc. You know, they, you know, she doesn't know the name. She's just looking for him. Uh, I did unfortunately get spoiled on a couple things, like including who these characters are. Okay. Just because of Twitter timeline and stuff. Um, so I do kind of know where wh her goal and stuff, because that all, there was also, a, a, um, the, the end off for episode two was one of those like, okay, that's interesting. Where are we going with this? Where we're going with it, I also got spoiled on. Because at the end of episode two, like uh, Maru like admitted to Kiriko that he loves her or whatever. And then Kiriko was just like, yo, 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 stop. I'm a man. And he's just like, what? It's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dude up here. And it's like the, the, that whole plot line, I got spoiled on on Twitter. Yeah, you know, so I got spoiled on on what exactly transpired with the, that with with that. Uh, I'm I, in love with you. I'm a man. No, you're not. Exactly. And you know the the interest. The cool thing was is like you know in hindsight it's like oh damn they already teased that because in episode one when they're walking through whatever city they were um, you know our two characters got jumped by a bunch of a bunch of guys whatever and they started talking about um, I don't remember what the exact phrasing was. 
Uh, but like Maru saying, you know, that I'm a man, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, you see Kiriko in the background. It's like, I'm a man too. And then, <laughs> and then all the guys are like, bullshit. You know? <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Uh, but, you know, the, the, so the, the seeds are already planted, you know, of, of where our character of Kiriko and who this character actually is, is, is where kind of everything is. And like I said, I did get spoiled on what that was. Oof. Which, you know, I don't give a shit about spoilers, but it's like I wasn't necessarily hunting for that one. I was going to let it play out. Like, okay, that's, this is interesting. This is different. I'm here for I this. Don't, your Twitter timeline gives you stuff that you don't want to see. Mine gives me nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm on it a lot more than you. That's probably why. Probably. You know, I'm interacting with it so much. Um, but, uh, no, like these first two episodes, like the general vibe of the world and everything is very fascinating to me. Our characters are very funny to me. Cause like, even in this whole sequence with, uh, with all these dudes, right. Uh, our two characters end up getting the best of them. And she's got like this little, like almost like an, it's an energy based gun. And they were under this huge impression the entire time that it's loaded, that they can get fucked up. They got fucked up in this fight and everything. And then like in their, in, in our characters demands, uh, of like, okay, we need this, we need this, we need this. And she's like, I also need you to charge this because you have a generator. So they charge a little battery pack, whatever. And then when everything's kind of said and done, you know, she she pops the battery and goes, okay, cool, I can fire now. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> you cheeky bitch. She's just like, hey, you fell for it. <laughs> it's like, you should have known better. Um, so there's a lot of aspects about it that, you know, just seem very interesting. And again, it's in terms of general animation and stuff. I think it's very captivating. I think this is going to be one of those series for this spring that could potentially get overlooked because there is a lot of heavy hitters. Yep. Uh, and this is one that I feel like a lot of people should give a shot. It's on Hulu. I think it's 100% worth the watch um, You know, for a large amount of reasons. And I'm actually really pumped to continue watching this. Right now, this is probably my most hyped series out of everything I watched. Okay. Uh, at least in my opinion. Now, my number two hype series that I want to jump into with you. Mashal. Bro, that first episode was everything I wanted it to be and more. How'd you feel about it? I mean, I enjoyed it. It was good. I honestly forgot the whole reason why Mashal goes to the school. Yeah, yeah, I did too, honestly. It's been so long. I forgot <laughs> that he was blackmailed to go to the school. Yes. Which is sort of an end point of this episode. Yep. But, um, I mean, overall, it was good. The animations were solid and everything. Um. We're going to have a lot of cream puffs going forward for yeah, this season. Turn up for cream puffs. Um, yeah, but it is very entertaining, just the ridiculousness that is Mashal. I'm just going, lifting those insane weights, even towards the end when he goes to do it as punishment. And he does it real quick. He's like, if I'm really thinking about it, I can do it in five minutes. And that squirrel just going, something's wrong with this man. <laughs> yeah, dude, literally everything about it was done so perfectly and faithful to the manga, in my opinion. Because, like, you know, going into it, I all I wanted out of this is that it was just going to be goofy and stupid, just like yeah. the manga. And it delivered on that in every front. But then also, like, it also it, it not only delivered on the goofy and stupidity that is Mashal, but it also delivered on, like, the, the shonen aspect of things. Because, like, it had some really cool animated scenes. Yeah. And the music was a bop. The music was an interesting thing that I noted. Because, like, watching this, I felt like I was watching a 2000 series with just the soundtrack choice they made. Right. Because I'm here for that. <laughs> I didn't understand why. They played a song whenever he got the cream puffs. Yep. They played a song leading up to him entering the house with the special forces or whatnot. And just the, how well they did just the overall um, reaction to people seeing that he was a markless person. Yeah. person without magic. Mm -hmm. um, I did find it funny to note whenever the... Security guy he runs into and he rips off his shirt. He They made a point to cover up his nipple because he's just holding his hand there the entire time. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird point, but props to you. It's bashful, you know. Then if you notice, whenever he rips the shirt off again, still covers that nip. <laughs> it's the dumb details I notice. Yeah. Um. Then just the overall uh, feeling of that. Mashal is a lot stronger than they expected when the guy goes, now for my magic. And just hear that big explosion from shot outside the house. And then just like, what just happened? Did he just, my magic spell? Can spells even be? <laughs> the Okay, so it's been a long time since I checked out, obviously, chapter one. But correct me if I'm wrong. But that was, while, it, while I enjoyed it, while I was like, I liked the, almost the tension build up for it, you know? 
Yeah. Wasn't it in the manga, like, literally first shot, it was immediately just slapped down? Like, it didn't have any build-up for it? Yeah, no, it was just slapped down. See, that's what they should have done. You know what I mean? There should have been no build-up. There should have been no, like, almost like an explosion out camera view from the house and stuff. That should have never been a thing. You know, to really deliver on the stupidity of this series, they should have just, right out of the gates, just, well, and, then, I, I, and then have Brad's stupid face of... I think they made a right decision, me personally, because knowing how the series went going for... Further, they need to draw on the audience. Yes, yeah. It was a very tactical choice for choosing to bring build that suspense of what the heck just happened with that magic. Yeah, just because, I've, and we've already gotten shots of it in the opening because we get the big old friggin' doll thing and whatnot, and then <laughs> other other characters who I went, I don't remember any of these people. <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> because like a couple of them I remember, but then all of them like henchmen and yeah. side villains. I'm just like, yep. I know y'all got trashed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I honestly, legit, I like, I think it was honestly within five minutes, I, not even five minutes, like probably like, uh, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't mean to say minutes, I think I, I literally meant seconds. Within five to 10 seconds, I was already laughing. There's a little dumb shit, a little dumb shit makes me laugh where it's just like, you know, you know, we are in the world of magic where people can use magic and I'm just like, well, no shit, <laughs> you know, just little stuff like that where it's just like, okay, I'm, I, this is already a good time. And, you know, we already touched on the music, but I want to further touch on Yo, that opening is so good. Like, yeah, I've, I've already listened to it a couple times since driving and stuff. I, that opening is such a bop, dude. The ending is okay. Ending's all right. Ending's not bad. Yeah, but the opening is actually really good. I really enjoy it. Uh, but for anyone that hasn't like ever read Mashal or heard of it, uh, or, uh, heard of it it's basically One Punch Man meets Hogwarts is basically what it yep. is. Uh, and dial the stupidity up like times 10. The, I mean, that's, that's essentially what it is. It has its splashes of seriousness and it's of the shonen features, but it's mostly just like a giant stupid comedy, which it made Because we're going to get through a lot of content considering what the opening is shown. Yeah. We're going to get to see them play that dumb life game. Yep. Yep. No, I was very impressed with the first episode of just, you know, again, for just general introduction, just the relationship between, uh, you know, Mashal and his pops. Shout out to pops. You know, kind of the backstory of you know of how you know he got Mashal and stuff, and basically what got him to be forced into the school that me and Zach totally forgot about. Yes, <laughs> I'll be honest. This whole endless maze thing—I don't remember what that is. I don't remember either. No clue. Been a while. Yeah. But either way, first episode was very good in my opinion. Uh, what else do you have lined up? Because for me, I, I didn't get a chance to watch my home hero yet. Uh, I do plan to. Um, I, I got halfway through the Hell's Paradise 1. I fell asleep because it was pretty late last night. Oof. So I don't have the rest of Paradise 2, so I'll let you take that. But what else do you have besides those two? So Hell's Paradise, My Home Hero, uh, Rokuto, Bad Girls, and that's it for me since Gundam hasn't updated on Crunchyroll as far as I'm aware. And I didn't watch Serving of God 2 because I didn't think we were keeping it on the script. Look, I'll take it off the script for you. I mean, if we, I, I'm not going to let a Dragon Quest happen again. If we can, if we need it, I'll watch it. It's entertaining. It's not going to be a Dragon Quest. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, well, I want to show you Roku's Bad Girls. What okay. we got going on there? First episode of that one. <laughs> so I forgot how dumb this series is. Another dumb one. Okay. Because this is a slice of life romance. Okay. So Roku is our main character. He's a weak kid. He gets picked on by bullies and whatnot. Like one of the opening shots is him. Literally, the bullies have stolen his side dishes for his lunch, and they're throwing it for him to try and catch his mouth. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing that happens, he sits with his friends, who's one's Colonel, who has the deepest damn voice for a high schooler. Like, how deep a voice actor they chose for him was very unexpected. (laughs) And then Chief, who's a bigger guy who's good with numbers, Colonel's full-on army get-up and whatnot, thinks... Yeah, he's going to be in the army. Um, and this whole lead up, like, they're going to the school full of delinquents and whatnot, and that they're all nerds and whatnot get picked on to the point where, like, after being picked up, they all look at the one female delinquent with the group that was picking on him, and she looks at him and goes, what are y'all looking at? And she's like, stop staring at my thighs and all this. And leads to them going to the bathroom and having their meeting of... Uh, complaining about stuff where they're just in the all in a bathroom stall. You're just yelling out all the complaints about bullies and whatnot, which leads to them coming up with a whole thing about her her getting angry. Which was like, they're thighs. Everybody has thighs. You have thighs. I have thighs. <laughs> she has thighs. We all have thighs. <laughs> um. 
so after venting out their anger, they decide to go to Rokuto's house and have a gaming session where he finds a box with a gift from his dra- dead grandpa, grandfather, who's left him a gift. It's a magic scroll and a note that just says, your life's in danger. Use this magic to help you. Um, so he doesn't even open the scroll, by the way, but it activates as soon as he touches it. And he gets a nice little sigil on his forehead, which activates the magic. Which leads to the next day where <laughs> we get the whole shonen build up of things like, I've gained powers and whatnot. Where some two delin- three delinquents roll up, two guys and a girl roll up to him. It's just like, hey, you got money you can spare? And he turns around, I'm part of an ancient Omoji legacy. You don't want to mess with me if you don't want to get dealt with magic. Whack! <laughs> just straight knocks, clocks him, and he's just like, what was I thinking? Magic's not real. <laughs> And they're just like, all right, we're going to beat your ass. And the girl in the back's just like, hey, let, let's not. Let's, let's just leave this one alone. I'm like, okay, I guess. They walk off. And just slowly throughout his day, just all these girls are helping him out and whatnot. And he comes to realize they're all the bad girls, delinquent girls. <laughs> and he starts thinking about it and whatnot. And, um, and um, he realizes... What is my grandfather giving me? And he starts seeing past flashbacks of stuff as his grandfather. It's like, it'll help you one day. And it's just him surrounded by like delinquent girls and whatnot. All the bad girls love us. <laughs> 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 that's not his exact words, but that's what he says. Like, my power causes bad girls to fall in love with me. And his two buddies help him realize this too. Because there's a whole thing where um while they're walking after school and whatnot, he's being followed and all this fun stuff. He runs into this blonde lingo girl, full Sukuban outfit, where she just came up from beating a crew. Like, she just straight up found him and went, hey, are you a leader? Yeah, what's it about? Cracks him in the back of the head with a wooden, katan- wooden sword, and it beats all of them where they need three ambulances for all of them. And it's just his daily life of um, all these delinquent girls falling in love with him. <coughs> Reyna, this strongest link of girl falling in love with him and just the fun interactions with that because like he meets her and the day next day she's at their school she's apparently enrolled at their school she's never been there a single day till now just because he's there and um she just hangs out in the sitting she's not saying anything to anyone just dead face looking forward <laughs> everyone's one of the other delinquents trying to they're just like hey what's your name hey do you not understand this? And Rogan looks like, hey, what's your name? She turns over to him all happy. My name's Reina. Your name's Rokuto? All this fun stuff, full happy, with, ignores everyone else. She's cold, dead, <laughs> ignoring everyone else. <laughs> the guy gets all mad and whatnot, punches Rokuto. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's like a switch and flip. He punches Rokuto, and you see a shot from behind him. He's like, yeah, you like that? She's all mad. She picks up a desk. And it just goes black. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up in the infirmary. He's like, huh? Where where am I? Oh, you're in the infirmary. Why? You don't remember? He's like, no. Raina beat you to hell with a desk, man. <laughs> <laughs> that almost reminds me of uh, when we were watching uh, Tokyo and uh, Taiju picked up a giant fucking thing. And you were like, there's not possible. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> The more, yeah, he's been knocked out. He's the lackey of our head bully of the class who's got a whole thing where he doesn't like weaklings, yada, yada, yada. Um, he's the whole thing where Rokudu doesn't want to deal with the delinquents. He runs, he runs away from the school and his two buddies chase after him, catch him, and just like, you can't abandon school. You can't transfer. Just think about us. What would happen to us if you leave? Raina only cares about you. Don't be selfish, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and you're just going to abandon a girl after she does that? She's going to get picked on one. You, are you a man? <laughs> Has a whole moment there. He's like, I am a man. I'll protect her. Raina shows up on the bridge. He's like, I'll protect you, Raina. He's like, why? Why, why, who's gonna, why are you protecting me? He's like, he got, says his whole spiel. She's like, oh, so you don't like any delinquents? I'll kill them all tomorrow. He's just like, what? No, 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 don't, don't do that. <laughs> Leaves the whole thing where Raina gets beat up because she's listening listen to what he said of her not to 
beat up anyone. The other guy is sort of coming down on him because, like, you're a weakling. This isn't how you should be. If you're a weakling, you should be a weakling. If you're strong, you should be strong. Leads to them up on the roof by the end. Going to have a throwdown in the next episode. Nice, nice. Overall, because you, you've read this, right? Yeah. So overall, did the first episode meet all your expectations? Yeah, no. It, I mean, it was better than what I expect. I mean, okay, this, that's good. this series, good. I think, ended like two years ago. Okay. And uh, it's just a interesting slice of life rom-com focusing on uh, delinquent girls versus your stereotypical high school archetype girls. They also have the archetypes because the fun thing is just the flip because each of the girls he interacts with are straight up delinquents and have their... Uh, things, but anytime they interact with them, they become that stereotypical show show romance girl. <laughs> right, right. Okay, all right. Um, I'll hit Demon Slayer, and okay. then if you want to hit my home hero and end with Hell, we can do that. So, what happened in my in Demon Slayer? Because all I know is people were saying there was a choice made, and I kept just seeing shots of uh, the pink hair girl. I assume in a small because all the shots were from like the shoulders up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was there was a shot where that she was uh, in a spa whenever someone reached the village. She's like, "Oh, someone else is here," and that that was just kind of it. Okay. Yeah. Um. In in terms of this episode, like, I mean, it was a you know a forty eight minute episode, you know, right? So it was an hour long over in Japan with the commercials and everything. Um. And you know, it, <clears throat> they did this with season two as well. It's just a good kickoff of the season. Okay. Because it's it, it's getting a lot of the slower stuff out of the way. Gotcha. Which honestly, I actually don't mind for episode ones after Demon Slayer season two and three did it. Because it's like you are getting a lot of the slower stuff for, especially since these are shorter seasons, right? You know, season two was its uh, eleven to twelve episodes, whatever it was. Once we got to the the district, yes. you know, uh, and then this one's the same thing. It's like you know eleven to thirteen, whatever it is. So I kind of like the one long one just to get all the slow stuff out of the way because like what they want to get to as the animation team and, and producers, they want to get you to all the hype stuff, yes. which is fair. So I do kind of like that, but I mean overall for the first episode, the main takeaways is number one, obviously gotta touch on animation because like for an episode one dude it went like above and beyond for just the opening sequence like i'm watching the opening sequence and i legit feel like i was watching a movie like a full budget movie because all the opening sequence was for like the first 10-ish to 15-ish minutes maybe i'd say about 10 minutes is probably about correct is uh just a meeting with all the uppers that's you know where you know uh muzan calls them all and tells them that you know gutaro is dead you know, and just that alone, like cause it, it picks up with um, uh, Akaza uh, the, from the movie, uh, Upper Three. Yeah, Upper okay. Three is his number. So it picks it picks up with him where you see him in like the Infinity Castle, and he's just like, oh, I'm in I'm in the Infinity Castle. It's like, oh, you know, being summoned, whatever. And you just see him kind of walk forward and just kind of like fall off a ledge, and you just see him just falling, and you see everything around him. You see the like all the giant like you know buildings down below him just like start almost like. It almost looks like a giant kaleidoscope and everything's just changing and shifting. And it's just like, seriously, the animation quality for everything, just getting him to the freaking platform is just like, how much time did you guys spend on that alone? Probably a lot. Because <laughs> it was an unbelievable amount of like just pure visuals. So it, it was super sick to immediately pull you in and then you get to see all the other uppers, of course. I don't personally remember if this is the first time you see the other uppers or not. I don't. I think it is. Sounds I, about right. Yeah. I could be wrong because you see, you know, upper two, upper one, uh, upper four, upper five. And I th- want to say it's the first time they've been revealed for the anime. I believe so because I only read up to the Red Light District. And at that time, I only remember seeing the upper for the train and then the brother sister come with that show up in the Red Light District. Okay, so yeah, the this... others have been referenced, but they have not been shown. Okay, so yeah, this is the first introduction to all of them. Which, you know, for the anime-only viewers that have managed to steer away from all spoilers, I imagine brings a pretty interesting, like, thought in their brain meeting Upper One, obviously with how he looks and just another character that we've continuously seen through, like, flashbacks and through, like, you know, for, you know VR character uh, Tanjiro and everything with the sun breathing. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine that immediately puts some thought in people's brains on that one just based on his appearance. That, you know, that's a nice little tidbit. And then, you know, once we get out of this, um, all the stuff with the, with the uppers where, you know, Muzan basically gives them their orders to kind of do their thing. And you see, like, the kind of, you know, strife between everyone. You get to kind of explore Upper Two's personality a little bit 
where, you know, he's just like, ooh, guys, can I go too? Can I go? And, you know, he gets like his face slashed off by upper three. He's like, did Muzan give you an order? You know, and just kind of fucking around with him. Just having a, he's just so carefree and just having a good time. So it was, it was nice to see everyone's personalities and how they all mesh and everything between all the uppers. Where it's like, you know, they're obviously all very fucked up individuals. They're yeah. demons, for God's sake. They're all evil. Like, and you will see further as we get on. They are pure evil. I'm not trying to make them out to be good people or anything or good characters. But it's just kind of funny to watch them interact with each other because they are on the same side, essentially. Uh, but then after that, it just kind of brings us with, um, you know, our, uh, our main cast at that point. Uh, just mostly Tandro, obviously. This is an arc very heavily focused on him. Um, but just that, that the few minutes... <clears throat> that you get to see other characters was peak, especially in Osuke. Absolute peak. Because, you know, Tandro, he's been in a coma for two months since the fight. And when he finally wakes up, everyone's happy. Everyone's, like, all surrounding the bed and stuff. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what happened to Zenitsu and, and Osuke. And, you know, Zenitsu, you get to see him, you know, already on another mission with some other people and stuff. You see him for a brief moment being, like, a crybaby about it. <clears throat> and then... um for Inosuke, uh, whenever all the team, all the crew was talking about Inosuke, that he was just bleeding so much and stuff, and they kind of phrase it as like, oh, you know, he didn't make it. You know, it's like, you know, cause he, he bled out, whatever. And then Tanjiro's just sitting there. He's just like, oh, okay. So I guess this Inosuke that I'm looking at on the ceiling right now is an hallucination. <laughs> the camera pans up, and Inosuke's just hanging on to the ceiling, looking down at Tanjiro. And everyone looks up and starts screaming. He's upstairs like, I've been awake for three more days longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> so like that alone was absolute peak. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, from there, you know, Tanjiro, you know, and uh, Inosuke kind of went their separate way because Inosuke's going to do whatever he's doing. And uh, Tandros, he needs to get a new sword. Because after he wakes up and he starts doing like some physical, you know, like he's getting physical again, you know, yeah. getting his stamina back. He's just like, by the way, did I, did I get a new sword? Yeah, no. What? Yeah, no. Two months has passed. No sword showed up. And then he, he, he's like, but this did come. He gets a letter from his swordsmith where all it says is like, I will fucking kill you. I will fucking murder you. I will fucking <laughs> destroy you. And so I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Sort of offshoot. Did you? I don't know if you saw. I saw on Crunchyroll. They have the animated version of the spinoff of Demon Slayer, where it's the high school. Uh, okay, so I saw that, but I've never looked into it. Okay, but I did see that. Yeah, um, you know. But for the rest of the episode, uh, we get into the village that gets established very quickly. You know, we obviously see the love Hashira, forgetting her name right now. Uh, the missed one, we see him at the end of the episode as well. Uh, the only other kind of tidbit I'd I like to throw out, just because it, it is kind of, it is, it's another comedic tidbit, because like that's the one thing that's always kind of that has been really appealing to Demon Slayer is they do such a good job at throwing the comedy in, but not letting it overpower the show. You know, it's in at the appropriate points. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this is another one of those cases where he's meeting like one of the elders of the village, or whatever, and Tanjiro's apologizing for his sword being broken and stuff, or chipped or whatever it was. Yeah, that you know, yeah, he is. It's his fault. His fault. And I was like, no, it's your swordsmith's fault. He both he he's the one who fucked up, and made a faulty blade. It's not, and he's like super, like almost demonic about. It. He's like, no, it's his fucking fault. He's the one that made a faulty blade, and if he doesn't get it right, we'll just get you a new swordsmith. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so it's just like, and Tom's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> so I mean, you know, for the first episode of the season three, you know, again, it, it's like how it was for season two, where it gets you into. The general stuff very quickly wraps yep. it up fast, and it's getting you now to the main stuff very quickly. It had its nice comedy bits, just like episode one did of season two, uh, and now we're getting ready to go for the good shit. So, I mean, overall, very uh, enjoyable 48 minutes uh, for an episode. I, I, I personally really enjoyed it. Uh, what about My Home Hero 2? Did, how much did you enjoy that one? So, episode one finished off with the guy about to opening the door yeah. to the hallway yeah. where our father's disappeared. He opens it. Only to find the father has covered up his hair, put on a face mask, and put on an apron, and pretends to be a female house cleaner. <laughs> and he's like, oh, a friend of, uh, I forget his daughter's name, of Reka. He's like, the guy's just like, I'm just a house cleaner. I didn't know anyone else was coming. I thought they left. He's just like, are you a friend? And he's like, yeah, I'm a friend. I got a spare key and everything. And they have this whole interaction. He's like, I'm a Friend, her boyfriend left his phone. Can I call? He's like, yeah, go ahead. Calls it, calls it. This person has left the coverage area. He's like, okay. He leaves. Find out the father had decided to break the phone for good measure because it was still on the body that's currently in the bathtub still. Fair. Um, so that's a thing. 
The mother leaves Reika alone to send her to go home by herself, though, and goes shopping for the husband who sent her a message. And she brings a bunch of stuff, aluminum foil, some boxes, some other stuff, for his plan to get rid of the body. He lines the bathtub with a cardboard covered in aluminum foil, and he makes a human body stew. He boils the body in a bathtub. Jesus Christ. Um... And the worst part about it is, like, in the scene, like, the scene is very serious because he's explaining it all, all of it in his head, and he's just sitting there watching it boil in the bathroom the entire time, and it was just, and all I could think is, that probably smells fucking awful. Yeah, that would smell terrible. I don't know if you've ever smelled burning flesh before, but it is an awful smell. Um, I don't want to know how you know that. Yeah, things happen. <laughs> I don't uh, want to know. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, now he boils down the body so all the meat comes off the bones. He collects the bones, throws all the fleshy goop into bags, and carries it all away in a suitcase the mother had brought it by. Takes it home, spends the night eating with his wife and daughter there, and they decide for their daughter that she's gonna go to college from their house for the week as he finishes up cleaning because he wasn't quite done with fixing the bathtub. Also, the reason why he did it that way is so because if he had just boiled it straight in the bathtub, it would have caused the bathtub to warp, and he knew that, so he made that covering to keep it from warping, so it would leave <laughs> less evidence. <laughs> um, this entire time, that group of Yakuza's watching their house, because they <coughs> followed Reika and the mother's house, you know, their house, they just got a car chilling out there. Mm. Um, so it leads to the next day where the father, the mother noticed this, by the way, she noticed the vehicle, and the next day points out to the husband, she's like, hey, that vehicle's not been here. No one's parked there before. That's sketchy. You think it was part of the group? It's like, let's just assume it is. We'll test them. He puts the suitcase that was full of the body parts into his car trunk, goes to the grocery store, yada, 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 uh, while he, sh- he goes shopping there. Um, the Yakuza guys followed and sent some guys to tail him, popped open his trunk, popped open the case. All was, was closed. No body parts or anything. He's just... And they leave. It's like, I guess he's just going on business trip or whatever. Stupid guy. Dragging some dumbass suitcase, misleading. Makes do dumb shit. Mm. They leave. He goes out, goes to put this stuff in his uh, vehicle and goes, someone's opened this. I put a shirt specifically pinched here and in between the suitcase, but now it's been pushed in the suitcase. Somebody came and opened my st- suitcase. We're being watched. He drives home. All he tells his wife's like, they're watching us. That's them. And by the way, the way he went to the grocery store, he went to go buy a bunch of, a big old planter, a bunch of seeds and whatnot, and they're going to compost all of the flesh from the body into the planter, into soil and whatnot. And there's a moment where he's explaining all this, and his wife goes, how do you know all this? And he's just like... I'm wondering the same thing. He's just like, well, I'm a mystery writer. I mean, there's tons of stuff in mystery books of just tons of crazy scientific stuff that's actual real stuff in mystery books. That you can do and whatnot. And he's just using that because he's That's a mystery fair. writer himself. And she asked him that. My whole question is, why are you such a cold-hearted woman that you're just straight up okay with all this? You're full on yeah, like, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> um. So yeah, the daughter catches them in the process of starting to get this done. No meat parts or whatnot. I'm just like, mm-hmm. why are y'all doing a planner in here? Let's go outside and garden. They go outside to garden they send the Yakuza group sends a guy to distract them as a home inspector guy, yada yada. More or less a scam dude. Mm-hmm. While he's talking to them, the main guy who's been investigating sneaks into the back of the house and starts looking around, snooping around, yada yada yada. And um, we have a tense moment where they send the guy away, and they're me like, "You think he was part of the part of with them?" It's like, "Yeah, more like it was the house. Someone's in the house." They immediately go in, walk into the room with the planner where the guy had just gone in, and just like, there's no one here. I guess we're good. And let's move this planner just for good measure. And the guy's hearing this whole conversation where they're talking about the planner and whatnot. They don't say anything specific, but the entire time he's just like, why didn't they come in here immediately? What's going on? These people are very sketchy. I don't know what's happened, but something's not right here. <laughs> so he's catching on to them where they're catching on to him because the, the night... The mother happens to notice that 
the carpet has been moved in some form or fashion. And then she looks behind the TV and sees that one of the plugins has been turned the wrong way. So they naturally you pop it open and find a listening device. I'll be straight up. This mother is apparently was apparently secretly part of the uh, Japanese version of the CIA. Support, I guess had to be because <laughs> there's <laughs> such attention to detail. Um, so they find the listening device. So they come up with this, the mother and father come up with a scheme like, well, if there's one listening device, there's other listening devices. So they you, they make a little written script and have a conversation in Reika's room about how, so she hasn't heard from her boyfriend. He's disappeared. Oh, we heard this, yada, yada, yada. Oh, there's, you think it could have been her stalker? You think her stalker grabbed him? He's like, well, maybe it was. He's like, you think he put in the listening device? I mean, it had to be the stalker. Who else could it be? <laughs> yeah. Having this whole play thing and whatnot, trying to get them off the trail mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they see them drive away outside after having this conversation. It's like, I think we're okay. I was like, they have another conversation. It's like, the listening device is still in there. Why are we having this conversation? You just made this whole plan. <laughs> Completely <laughs> ruining it. Right. Um, but yeah, they do this like, well, for now and everything. Next day, he goes to work. She does her things. Reiko's chilling. Mm-hmm. and they go through the regular day and it ends with an episode with the father walking home the mother in the living room Raker in her bedroom sleeping and father gets tased on the side of the street and nabbed mother gets saran wrapped over her face and asphyxiated and grabbed up by a bunch of people who broke into their house and it didn't show anything that happened to Reka, but at least the mother and uh, the father have been snagged okay the plot thickens. Yes. Across the board. Yes. And and to remind, remind myself, you've never read this one, right? Oop. So is everything like hitting expectations? Because like me and you guys, you saw you saw this first. You were yes. excited for it. I read it afterwards and I hit you up. I'm like, okay, that looks cool. Is it hitting all expectations? It's not hitting my expectations I was expecting. Because with how it reads the description, I was expecting like some vigilante justice bullcrap. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, and that's kind of what I felt too. So yes, that's fair. but what instead of we're getting is a very... Sh- strange intrigue drama of two sides trying to outplay each other and neither actually being dumb. And they're both trying to do like three moves ahead. Mm-hmm. Crap. Okay. Which I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's yeah, good. It's, how it's good. Flowing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It just didn't hit the original expectations, but it's doing yes. well in other categories. And the universe has Netflix. Oh, okay. Yes. Nice. Yeah, it was a dumb thing. Nah, yeah. The daughter went, oh, this movie's on Netflix. I haven't watched this. Starts watching this super gory slasher film. Out Shout of the- out to all of the off-brand names for anything in webtoons <laughs> and anime and shit. Just shout um, out to that. You know, all the wacky different names they'll come up with where it's like, this is supposed to be YouTube, but it's called whatever it's called. What is yeah. it? I, I don't know what they're called. I know one of them's like called NewTube and whatnot. Yeah, NewTube. I think there's like... Basically, YouTube, but it's sure it's just O's. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just all different sorts of names, but shout out to that. Uh, all right, and we'll finish things off with Hell's Paradise. So, I, like I said, I didn't get far, but the only thing I want to touch on is I just, I, I, I mentioned this last week when we talked about episode one. Like, I really enjoy the design approach for these people that come back from this land. Because, like, I'm dead-ass serious to anyone listening. Bro, that's cordyceps with flowers. (laughs) Like, up front. That is cordyceps from The Last of Us, but with flowers. Like, that's what it looks like. And I I think it looks cool. I could see that. Yeah. So, I mean, the first half of the episode was very much on the introduction to the selection of... Yeah. People who are going to go to paradise, they're all criminals and whatnot. Yep. And then also our main females grip with a fear of killing people. Mm-hmm. And she does it because it's her duty, but she has this overarching fear in the guilt of killing people, as yeah. we see through the whole thing of... Which I got to admit, the whole opening scene with the past of watching her father kill the man telling a story was a very nice touch just because through other weird means and whatnot that I've digged into and whatnot, when the nice touch of just when people do die in the middle of something, their bodies will muscle memory finish whatever it is they want after they've died. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that nice little touch with the whole storyteller and whatnot. Um, and everything, just seeing that cut and her motivation for why she wants to do it, but then the 
guilt she still feels from taking people's lives and just the imagery of her looking into the blade, seeing all the corpses and whatnot, and the guilt of it trying to pull her spirit or whatever down. Versus Gavimaru, his whole character flip after the ending of the first episode. She's like, I'm here. (laughs) I want to see the Shogun's face. No, you can't do that. I. <laughs> this thing's sort of suffocating. <laughs> um, and then just an introduction of our other main characters. Yep. The Bandit King guy, the other Kanoichi. Um, the entire area where it's like with all the prisoners, it was the perfect example of... <laughs> Of the uh, I Spy the Protagonist. Yes. Like, yes, I mean, very easily. Like, if we're going to be honest, that's what it was. You see all these generically drawn guys. It's like, okay, we know they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days, I want an anime where the main character is one of these generically drawn guys. Uh, I'm sure there's one that there's exists. There's several out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm sure there's, that's a thing. I'm sure it's a thing. I always enjoy those. I mean, those. you have Ranger Reject. I mean, he was generic for a little bit. Foot Soldier D, baby. <laughs> <laughs> No, I always enjoy those games. My favorite pictures that people throw out there is literally anything from Yu-Gi-Oh! Where it's like (laughs) our main character like in a classroom and it's just like spot the protagonist and everyone's got totally normal hair and you just have this one character with like big like blue and purple hair. Yeah. (laughs) I always enjoy that. But anyway, continue. Um, So yeah, the first bit I have is the sort of the introduction to the selection, a little bit more information about the island and then just our main female's whole thing with gripping with her guilt of killing people <clears throat> which leads to um a shogun being a bit of a freak and going like whispering to one of his agents like and his aide going all right we don't have enough spots for all of you and there's only so many of the special monitors yep lower your numbers what lower your numbers lower it so you want us to fight it i mean that's a choice you can just, we don't care. Just do it. Yeah, just make it happen. <laughs> Which leads to full-on people fighting, and the Shogun also makes a detail of, you can't untie your arms. He's a freak. Because um, it even has a moment, it's like, not many, you don't get to see life and death battles in this day and age. <sighs> <laughs> um, so yeah, at least they, everyone's fighting and whatnot. Gabimaru... He's just chilling. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's See, f- I was still watching this part. He's full, just hanging out. Yeah. And um, which one of the MC characters is her? She's like her nickname's like the uh, butcher courtesan and everything. I just want to note that I don't know what she did in the fight. I just know every shot she was just laying down on the floor, and. At no point did her did she move in any shot she was in. She started in that spot. She <laughs> finished in that spot. She didn't do shit. The big giant man did more than her because he's just laying down there, but by the end of it, his hands are at least bloody. <laughs> right. Um Then we had the straight up samurai dude who's like the dragon sword master, who was straight up just swinging another guy to beat up other guys. <laughs> True. Um Bandit dude was going full thug street tactics. Like, you know she, she was doing ninja stuff. Gabamaro was chilling. The little kid guy who I'm curious what his whole thing, he killed some people, I guess. He didn't really show what he did. Um, finally, Gabamaro's just like, yeah, can't we just talk this out? And guys are like, what do you mean talk this out? I mean, like, talk it out. I mean... We don't have to kill each other. I don't like killing. I mean, I will, but I don't like killing. Right. And the age dude's just like, well, I don't care what you want. The Shogun unsend lower numbers. And he's like, this is the best way. You guys, if you kill him, I will guarantee you a spot on the boat. And they're just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll do it. And Gondomar's just like, man, I didn't want to do this. He's like, I don't want to kill you. We can just talk. It's like... The guy's all full gung-ho, like, well, I'm going to kill you. I don't care who you are. It's like, it's like, now, now I got to kill you. And now I got to deal with the burden of this action now. And he just mopes the whole way up to the guy. The guy throws a rock at him. He full-on dodges it. And he's just like, 
rips the guy's throat out. <laughs> full on just rips the guy's throat out. Full on blood. And everyone's like, what? Because the whole point of this was like, he's the living legend. Yeah. So at this point in concerned, at least on paper, he is considered the most dangerous person out of all of them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, rips the first guy's throat out with his bare hands, then proceeds with the rest of the smucks to rip their heads off, cut their heads off, and pull out their hearts. Oh, my God. So he goes on a full-on uh, self-defense murder spree um, where he, as this slowly goes from mid-afternoon into evening during this cutscene, murders them, pushes them out of the little camp they set up, the Flaps fall over, which leads to them walking into the sea and him just finishing them off mm-hmm. and him just ending on a nice shot in the sea around these dead floating bodies with the sun setting over him, just his hands bloody, his feet and and everything. And just like, I didn't have to do this. <laughs> and just finish off with him washing up and everything. And it's like, well, you're the 10 now. And then our female girl seeing, looking at her blade and seeing where the corpses of the dead are pulling her down. It shows him just enveloping himself and accepting the burden of it and just his making it his own sort of a suit mm-hmm. on him. And her just coming was like, maybe it's not that I need to just get rid of the fear, but accept it mm-hmm. as what it is. And sees this sort of the contrast of their two views on it. Mm. And then it finishes off with everyone on a boat to paradise. Shout out to paradise. Let's go get the cordyceps. Yes. Flowerceps. Whatever it be. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I got to finish the rest of that episode. I mean, it I was going to finish it today at work, and I just got caught up with stuff. And then on a pretty good note, which is <laughs> Gabimaro just sort of dragging himself, like, why do we got to do this? Yeah. Uh, favorite episode of the week? Um, Hell's Paradise. I would give it to Heavenly Delusion episode two. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, all right. So for manga and chapter ratings and everything, I'll be honest, still have not caught up on this yet uh coming out of our uh break i've literally i out of everything here i read one thing i didn't even read week hero in an air yet i did read webtoons and elusive samurai elusive samurai of all of them wow yes. interesting okay uh, all i did was of course he has a core family because it's really hype right now i'd give it a nine but other than that i, I have still not read anything else i uh, still got to catch back up uh one very special shout out is of course Unordinary did hit its 300th episode yep and the creator announced on Twitter that they have a big announcement here I think this weekend so who knows what it could be who's starting a new series maybe I know I saw some people in comments like oh man please be an anime that would be sick I don't know if it's I don't know if it's it's time yet you know what I don't I mean? know webtoon animes have sort of been a rough one yeah it's, it's been like a hit or miss on like when they get it you know how it's adapted and stuff but uh you know who knows the announcement's gonna be I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what it's, what it is and but yeah 300 episodes shot to that uh but yeah Miss Chino's core family 173 that was the only thing I checked out this week um you know I gave that one a non some hype shit going on uh, what about you what do you got um, Elusive Samurai, I would give a 7. Unordinary, I would give an 8. Weak Hero, I would give a 8. And then El Cid, I would give a 9. Okay. Won't do favorite chapters. Uh, obviously, I read one. You only read a few. We'll do that whenever we actually get back on track. So that's one of my goals for this weekend is I'm actually going to take the time and catch back up on everything. That's one of my that's one of my big goals for this weekend um, so we can get back on track next week when it comes to all of our animes and stuff and our, our mangas, I mean. Um, but uh, I think that's actually it for the show. You know, it's only uh, a little bit over an hour, so it's an hour, almost hour 20, so it's not bad. But, uh, Who do you think came out first in the Naruto 99 uh, I think I saw that already. It was Miyato, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw uh, what I saw is I saw a comment where it's just like, you know, Luffy got number one in his worldwide ranking, and Naruto didn't even crack five of his own series. That just really shows how important, how great of a character Luffy is. Is what it was. It was a One Piece Twitter. Naruto account. was sixth. Yeah. Tachi was second. Sakura was third. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I thought Shishui at four was pretty interesting too. Yeah, that was sort of interesting. Kakashi at five, and then Kakashi's dad at seven. Like, what? That was a wild one. What? I mean, to be honest, Shisui and, and his dad are both wild ones. Like, why are they? And like, people are just simping at this point. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> that's literally all they're doing at this point. Because, I mean, Kakashi's father beat out Sasuke. 
Yeah, like, what are we doing? Like, I mean, like, I'm not saying Sasuke is the greatest character in the world. He's pretty good, but, like, Kakashi's dad is, like, he's barely there. <laughs> but that just shows how important of a character he is. His little appearance was enough to get him sixth on the ranking. I bet even Kishimoto got this, and he's just like, what the fuck is this? Don't worry, 98 was Ninja Cats. Fuck yeah, Ninja Cats, baby. Oh, boy. Uh, all right, so I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show here. Uh, T's and P's, our guy Jacob, of course. Uh, you got anything you want to shout out before I hit the music? Uh, volume 3 of uh, Hunter's Guild came out. Nice. You remember that one? Yeah. Ends up with a shot. It was like, the world's ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's all. All right, let's hit the music. Let's get out of here. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help. If you've been watching us live, thank you very much. And I hope you had to subscribe so you can join us next week with Jacob back here in a week or two, hopefully. Make sure to do everything that he said and more. So just check us out at our website, spark3.com. You can sign up for free or sign up five bucks a month. We appreciate that extra support as well as the extra support from some Rogue Energy or H Inc. If you want to use the referral links down below, helps us out a ton. We'd appreciate that. Uh, also join the Discord. You come chat with us. Uh, hopefully we will be back next week. This show is always up in the air. If we're ever going to make it a week, we'll see. Hopefully we'll be back next week. And if we are, i got a lot of great anime to chat about. Looking forward to it. Until next time, guys, have a good one. Bye.